When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're back again with Meeting of the Minds. Today with Olympic champion Kenny Monday. We're excited to have him on board. Oh yeah, we're pumped. Another great one tonight. Meeting of the Minds. Meeting of the Minds. Mindset makes the difference. Again, make sure you text Mindset1 to 84576. So then this way you get our daily motivation text. Eight, so text mindset one to eight four five seven six. We're excited. All right, let's see. team so getting ready for meeting of the minds what's going on everyone good seeing everyone Got the newspaper out today, and interesting here, when we look at NJSIAA, so that's the New Jersey State Athletic Association, starts sports task force for COVID-19. One of the things they're talking about here is possibly doing this 
and they're thinking about possibly doing wrestling season in spring in New Jersey. We'll see about that. All right. Here we go. Boom Monday. Let's bring them in. Connecting. And we're good. What's going on? What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. I just wrapping up a coach's Zoom we had, and so you and awesome. deal. So, we, yeah, we just had to cut those dudes short. Yeah. It's all good, though. It's all good. Yep. How you doing? How you doing? Good. Good, good. All's well. All's yeah. well. So, what? Any? Are you able to give us any information of what you're talking about, or any any inf insight? Uh, we're going to be better next year. That's, That's all I can it. say. That's it. We're going to so be better. We were one. We were one match. We wrestled UNC, which they ended up third in the country, and he, and our match came down to the heavyweight, which is one of the most exciting matches I've ever been a part of, or just being watching. And it came down to the heavyweight match, and the, the place was going crazy. Actually, they were. They were pretty quiet, <laughs> you know. They were stunned. Yeah. NC, I mean, NC State brings a great crowd too, and uh, great matchups, man. Great matches all the way through it. It came down to the heavyweight, and they they won that match, close match, and they ended up winning. So that was, uh, awesome. was exciting. Oh yeah. All right, so we got. A, I guess we got a lot to talk about. There's there's Kenny Monday, the athlete. There's Kenny Monday, the coach. Kenny Monday, the father. Yeah. <laughs> where do we start? Yeah, I guess. All that. How how is it? How what's the difference between being an athlete versus coaching versus parenting? Well, you know it's uh, it's intertwined. You know it's it's still about uh, being your best, you know, and that kind of thing. But uh, the 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 difference is I I can control when I'm when I'm wrestling. I can control what's going on out there, right? And so I don't ever remember approaching any match from the time I started not believing I could win the match. And so confidence was always huge for me. And I think my mom and my dad kind of instilled that in me early. And uh, so I was always a very confident kid, you know, and I didn't win all those matches, but you couldn't convince me that I, I, I wasn't going to win before it started. Okay. And so I think that's a big part of it. You know, I can, you know, me, I can control when they're wrestling. I can't control it, man. I can't, I can't control what, what happens out there. And uh, I can't control their work that they put in. I can I can give them all my advice and you know all the uh, the, the tech technical things and and uh, and motivate them that way. But but they they've got to do the work. And that's the one thing that that I've always expressed to them and always try to get over to them that you know I can show you all the technique and I can give you all my experience, but you've got to do the work and that's up to you. You know and uh, whatever you want out of this sport, you can get. Absolutely. And now you said your parents set you up to be a very confident person, very confident athlete. How did they do that? What, what, was, what, what was it like? You know, I started wrestling when I was five years old, four or five years old. I have two older brothers, Mike and Jim, and they started before I did at the YMCA. And um, when I first started, I was the smallest kid in the room. So I couldn't beat anybody. And so the kid, the next kid, my workout partner, the next kid to me, the bigger kid, he was, had been wrestling for two years. So he had experience and he had size. And so every, every day I'd go into the room, I'd get my butt kicked every single day, every single day. But they just kept pouring, pouring belief into me, pouring belief in you. You know, you can just, just stay after it. Don't give up. Keep trying. You're going to get better. And I did. I got, every day I got better. Every day I'd go back in. And it was never like a, a personal thing for me. It was a sport, right? And they always kind of made sure that, that we distinguished it was a sport from 
from real life. So we've been taking it really personal. So, right. And so I go in, man. I'm like, I'm going to get you today. His name was Winky Cole. And I'm like, Winky, I'm, I'm going to get you today, Winky. I'm going to get you today. He give me again. Next day, I'm like, I'm, I'm, today is my day. Today is, you know. So every day was like that until I started chipping away at him. And I finally kind of passed him. But I think just, you know, just instilling confidence and belief in yourself. And my mom always said that, uh, and my dad always said that um, no one, no one can believe in you more than you. I can believe in you and your mom can believe in you. We can all believe in you, but no one should ever believe in you more than you. And so that always stuck with me. And so I'm like, man, I just, I just got to believe. It's like, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. They instilled that in me early. You got to work, you got to plan, and you got to focus and you got to go after it. And so that's kind of what I did, man. And I just, I never looked back from the time I started. Never looked back. Awesome. And that's yeah. that's a good that's a good point right there too, how you said that they, they said distinct making a distinction between sports versus life. Like that's that's key because a lot of us make identity meanings about ourselves if we fail, if we succeed. It makes me a better right. person or a worse person. Talk about that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear athletes say things like you know, you know, winning and win and losing don't define who I am, and you know that's that's you know that's that's true to a certain extent. But I think it's you know wrestling. It's just a sport. Now I grew up playing all sports. You know, basketball, football. You know, uh, did a little bit of karate, a little bit of boxing, and so sports was huge in, in my life. And I grew up in a neighborhood that was just a, a fantastic neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and we had so many great athletes, so many great families. And everybody, you know, two-parent homes, and, and we, we caught our – we were the hood before the hood was the hood, right? You know, and so we, we, so we would go and we'd play other, other neighborhoods. We'd play other streets. And, and I just grew up with a, just a fantastic neighborhood where it was just very competitive. And, um, and so that was just a big part of growing up. And it was always about <coughs> being a good person, having a good character, you know, living right. Um, but, you know, and then, then I learned early the value of, of being a teammate. You know, we had, a, a, I had a, just a fantastic football coach when I was playing uh, my first football coach. You know, first time I, I had pads on. And, uh, and he would just always stress the importance of, of being a, team, a great teammate. And so, man, I learned that early, man, just the value of teammates and being a great teammate and being there for your, for your team. And not letting your team down, and that's one of the things that my, my my dad instilled in me too is that you know if I started something, then I was going to make that I was there for the team, and I wasn't going to quit on the team. I wasn't going to be selfish. I was going to do everything I can to to do my part, but then also help my teammate do be better. So I grew up with that early on, man, and then just had had a fantastic childhood as far as competition is concerned. You know, that's awesome. And then how do you yeah. take that? And then into bringing that into parenting, you know, you've, you've three children, right? I do. I do. I have and Sydney, you know, Sydney's, uh, she's 25 and uh, she works for Penguin Random House, a uh, publishing company out in New York. And so she's doing well. She graduated from Howard University, finished high school in three years. And in the city? She's in the city? She's in the city. Yeah. Well, she's oh, home she's now. She's, she's, okay. she's Yeah, she's home. She's, so she's home normally for, right by me. I'm in the city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she her 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 office is in Manhattan. Okay. And she lives in Jersey City, and then so nice. she 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 goes to Manhattan every day. But uh, yeah, she's she's doing really well. And then of course Kennedy is uh, a rising senior this year, and then Quincy's a rising 
junior at Princeton. So uh, they're all home. And um, I think just, just the lessons learned early on, just being, uh, being a great teammate, being a, being a, and that, that goes in your family as well. You know, we support one another in whatever we do. If something comes up where we're behind them, if, if there's an achievement or there's a, a something that they, they did well, we're backing them, we're, we're cheering them up. If, you know, if they had a setback, we're backing them, we're cheering up. And so it's really just about lifting each other up and uh, good times and the bad times and knowing that whatever happens, that you can overcome it. And whatever happens, you can overcome it, you know. So you just can't take everything so personal, you know. And, uh, but, you know, just having two great parents, you know, I'm fortunate my, my mom and dad are still alive. And one, my dad and my mom is 82, just turned 82 last, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And my dad's uh, 81. And so just two great parents, man, that was always in my corner, you know, always uh, trying to get me to do the right thing other than the wrong thing. And then if I did the wrong thing, uh, it was it was uh, consequences behind that. And um, and so that's that's just kind of how I how I lived and, and how I teach my kids that that you can be whatever you want to be in life uh, as long as you work hard, stay focused. Uh, keep doing the right things, right? And so, and then just be a great teammate. <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like you really had a, really a great perspective. Parents, yeah. yourself, and then yeah. being able to carry that with you, you know, in wrestling and life. So then how how about the, okay, so now the boys wrestling. You're Kenny yeah. Monday's son, or sons, two of them, right? Yeah. How, how do you get across to them, okay, yeah, my career is my career, great. You're doing your thing. Um, dealing with that, how do you? How, what do you tell them with that? You know, it's not easy. It, it's definitely not easy. You know, being being my son, but I think, you know, growing up, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of, um, a lot of, um, you know, I, they didn't really know a whole lot about my career. You know, they knew who I was, and they would sometimes they would get it from other people. Other people would come up and say, "Your dad was this, your dad was that," and they're like, "What? Really? You did that?" You know, and so. Uh, and then I, and I just explained to him early, you know, that, that you know, the, a lot of the pressure that you're going to get from being uh, my son, Olympic champion's uh, son, is just it's going to come from other people. You know, it's not going to come from me as, 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 as such. You know, we're going to always work hard. Like I said before, we're going to do the work. Um, we're going to do the best you can. That's all I was really concerned with, uh, is doing the best you can, giving your best effort, uh, preparing yourself. I mean, there's, there's things that you've got to do, of course, in the sport in any sport that's going to give you the best opportunity to win and be successful. So we try to nail those things down. But then after that, it's just about, you know, doing your best. And, uh, you know, and I think now that they're getting in, into college, it, they can kind of see it now where they've got their own path. They're making their own way. I mean, elementary and, and, and junior high and high school was a little different. <clears throat> now that they, they've been in the sport, you know, for 15 years, now they kind of – they can see – their own path. They can see the things that they um, are doing on a daily basis is going to help them be successful. So it's kind of, kind of out of my hands a little bit now. So they're, they're out they're doing their own thing. And um, I'm excited to see it. Cause now, I mean, I think they're both good enough to, to do whatever they want to do in the sport. You know, they've, they've, they've been around a lot of good people, a lot of great coaches. They had some great competition, um, and it's a good, good environments. And, um, you know, so now it's just uh, it's up to them what they want to do as far as uh, in the sport. You know, they, they're they're doing well in school. Uh, education is is very important in our in our in our house, and um, and so they're doing really well in, in the classroom. And uh, they're good kids. 
And they're two years apart? They're, two year, they're 18 months apart uh, as far as age. But, you know, Quincy, you know, he's a Princeton. They don't redshirt. And so he, he, he drops as a true freshman. Kennedy redshirted his freshman year. And so uh, they're one year apart as far as eligibility, as far as wrestling. Uh, but 18 months apart in, in, in age group. And so were they always so very funny close? now? Yeah, 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 they're always yeah, they've always been pretty close. You know, Kennedy's always been bigger, you know, and uh, he's still bigger. Kennedy Quincy's catching him. But, you know, it wasn't really until until college that they're really able to start to kind of work, be able to uh, train together. You know, because uh, Quincy was really small in, in high school. And then I think in high school, Quincy Ross was 106, 113. And Kennedy was at 126 and 130, you know. So he was too too big for him. Now they're, you know, they're – at one point, they were in the same weight class. They were both at 157. And uh, Kennedy kind of outgrew the weight class. So he's at 165 now. So I think Kennedy – Quincy's almost caught him. I think he's like wearing 170. And Kennedy, Kennedy's like 175. So they're close. And so now they can actually actually really train together now. And so it's, uh, it's kind of fun to watch. That's awesome. So they're, they're weighing about 170, 175. So that's, they, they're not cutting a lot of weight. Not like ridiculous yeah. anyway. No, they really don't, man. And, and that's something that we've always kind of – and they, there's been times where uh, I think one time, and I think when Quincy was a sophomore in high school, he had to, he, he had to cut down to 13 and, and had a growth spurt. And uh, so for the team, we were trying to win a national and a state title – for the team, he cut to 13, and that's probably his biggest cut he's ever done. Kennedy's never really cut very much weight. I think, um, you know, he you know he weighs 172, he's 65. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't cut, some, cut, cut any weight. And then Quincy, he's wrestling 57. He only, you know, he's been weighing about 63, 64, 65, so he didn't really cut. And he had an opportunity one time, I think, when, when Kalazic was at 49 the previous year, and then, then so he, he – he, Redshirted last year, and Quincy, we thought about going down to 49, but then he's like, "Man, this this classwork is too, his load is too heavy. I'm not cut anyway." And so I'm like, "Yeah, good, man." So that's that's the one thing that I kind of, I I told them that um, I really didn't want them cutting that, that kind of weight. And a couple times in my career, I cut a little too much weight. That's the one thing that I thought that I would to do it again. I would I wouldn't cut as much weight as I as I cut, you know, in, in, in college and so. Uh, that's something that uh, I'm glad they they're not uh, they're not doing. Yeah, we've we've always said that cutting weight doesn't make you a better wrestler. Becoming a better wrestler makes you a better wrestler, right? Of course, it's part of the sport. That's man. right. Everyone's got to pull a little weight here and there. But yeah, speak yeah. to that maybe a little bit for the middle school and high school kids, and even the parents who think no, they have to get down to a certain weight all year round, so they're competitive, so they're winning the tournament in May, June, July, those kind of things. Well, you know, growing up, it's always been a, a misconception of wrestling, and that's just a, it's just been, it's been a bad part of wrestling. Because I, you know, growing up, we I seen it a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of cut, you know, a lot of weight cuts. And, you know, like I said, I cut weight. You know, I could have probably my my soft my junior year, I wrestled one forty two myself my freshman year, one fifty my my sophomore year. I could have went up that next year, you know, to one fifty eight, and I probably should have. But I was after Nate Carr. Nate beat me in the, in the NCAA finals that year, and I was after him. So I'm like going back down to 50 to get this dude. But, um, no, I think it's a misconception. And, and, and I think wrestling has, has evolved a little bit, of course, uh, as far as uh, the rules, uh, same-day weigh-ins. You know, they, you know we, when I was in college, we had five hours 
before the match, you know, before our matches started. And those guys got an hour. And so I think wrestling has definitely moved in that direction to try to to um, get away from that that stigma of cutting weight. A lot of we we lose our athletes, yeah. you know, that um, they're you know they see you know kids cutting weight and they're like, man, I don't, I don't want any part of that. There's been a lot of football players that that, that would have wrestled that didn't because of the weight cut issue. So no, it's 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 uh it's definitely uh, something that I think kids and, and parents need to. And, and it's just about, and now the information is so ready, readily av- available for you to, to, to research um, nutrition and, and just doing it the right way, you know, instead of trying to eat whatever you can, eat McDonald's and fries, and then just cut the weight off, you know, just eat right, just eat right, you know, do right. And, um, and, and uh, but there's a lot of information that, that parents can get, even if they didn't ever wrestle, there's a lot of information that they can, they can get and, uh, and apply to the kid's career. Sure. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And the other thing I was thinking about with your sons now, what you said they were pretty close growing up in terms of always being together, hanging out together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've always been, you know, the best friends, you know, and this, of course, as Kennedy got older, you know, he, you know, he kind of got, he went to high school. Of course he kind of separated himself a little bit. He's a high school kid. He didn't, he didn't want to hang out with the little brother. You know, he wasn't in high school yet. So he's, he kind of separated from him a little bit, you know, doing his thing in high school and, They've all been always been close and uh, have always supported one another and uh, had each other's back growing up and uh, they've always squabbled. <laughs> they always squabble in the house at some point, you know. So, I was going to say, uh, how was it was once they, once they moved apart and they went, to, you know, one North Carolina, other Princeton? Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, man. It's been it's been tough. It was really tough. I think um, I think when, when when Kennedy went to school, the, the the great thing about that is that we were we we when I took the job at, at UNC as, as club coach, we came to, to to Carolina as well, and so they were still in the same city, and uh, so that helped, you know, because we'd have still been in another city, then they'd have been really separate, right? but but we were still in the same city with Kennedy, and uh, so they were still able to see each other a lot. Of course, he went to Princeton. Yeah, it's it, it was it was it was a it was a little little. Uh, it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment for them, I think. And, uh, and they still support each other. They talk on the phone, that kind of thing. But uh, they, they wasn't able to see each other on a, on a daily basis. So that was definitely um, an adjustment. Yeah, but Quincy's Quince done a great job, man. He's, he's, a, he's done a great job of, of you know, doing his own thing and his own path. And, um, you know, and he adjusted moving away from the house. And so he's, he's really doing a good job. That's great. That's great to hear. I know that was tough for me when uh, my brother and I were always real close to me and Jeff. And right. he went he went to an Ivy League school, University of Pennsylvania. I was at Rutgers. Right. For, I was at Rutgers for three years. And I mean, it's only an hour and a half apart, but we were pretty much right. inseparable. So it was a big adjustment before until I transferred right. over to be with him. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Couldn't take it anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to we got to get back together. So that was good. I know. I'm, I'm, you know, of course, I'm, you know, I'm, I ask Quincy all the time, hey, you okay? You, we always got a spot for you and C. So he's That's like, right. I'm good, Dad. I'm good. <laughs> That's right. That's great yeah. stuff. So talk about some of your um, bigger influences as co- uh, coaches that were the biggest influence on you growing up through high school, college, anything like that. Yeah, man, that's, that's um that's a great question because I really, you know, I was, in, I was exposed to greatness early. Yeah, like I said, I started wrestling at the YMCA. We had, you know, great role models, great coaches, great people. Um, other than my, my, my family, my mom and dad and brothers, 
my two older brothers had, you know, they wrestled and uh, kind of followed behind those guys. But um, I think the first, uh, you know, first coach was probably out of elementary school was my high school coach, Ernie Jones. And, um, you know, we ended up winning four state titles at, at, uh, at Booger T. Washington High School in Tulsa. And uh, Ernie was a great coach, great coach, great guy. And he's still coaching. He's still coaching yeah. the Cash Hall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And his, his sons are running the, the Broken Arrow program in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And so his sons are running that program. And when I was in high school, they were like little bitty boys. They're like four or five years old. And so, it's, you know, it's really good to see those guys take over their program. But he was probably one of the best coaches I had in high school coach. He really managed me well. You know, I was a, a kind of a, a prodigy in high school and, and uh, undefeated going through high school. And he, he kind of managed me well. He never let me get too – too big for my britches and kept me uh, kept me humble and and uh, knew how to kind of manage me and, and and keep me you know on the right track. How did he do that? Um, so he, you know, I think he just he just uh, he's just a great coach. He just would always talk about life. He would talk about uh, things outside of wrestling, um, and and just you know let me know that. Uh, and it got back to being a great, great teammate. We had great teams, uh, but it got back to being a great teammate and really doing all I could. It wasn't just about me, you know, because sometimes I'll get so wrapped up in my own matches and my own career and what I'm doing, what I'm, what I needed, and uh, but it always bring me back down to hey, look, you know, he would put me, he would assign me to different guys. Like we would have guys that we had a couple guys that started wrestling as sophomores and were state champions as seniors. Um, and so we've had four or five guys. We'd get out of the hallway, and uh, we start them wrestling, and then they would, they would, they would, you know, develop. And so he would always put me with those young kids. He'd always make me be one of his side coaches. Like uh, I was just kind of like assistant coach the whole time. And so he would always kind of make me see the importance of it. And then it'd pay off. Those guys would get better, and, and we, you know, like I said, we won four state titles. And so that was one of the reasons that. Um, one of the ways that he, you know, kept me humble. He, he would make me work with the young kids, you know. And then how about them going through college and then inter the international scene? Well, yeah, then after that, you know, I mean, I, of course, like, as a kid, I would always, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, I would always go down to uh, Stillwater and watch Oklahoma State wrestle. I'd watch OU wrestle. Uh, and so I would watch those matches. So, like I said, I, when I was 10 years old, I'd been, it was 1972 when I was 10. So that, that was one of the greatest teams ever, you know, and Gable and Wayne Wells. Wayne Wells is from Russell at OU. He's an Oklahoma guy. And so I'd watch him through, 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 uh, through college. Um, I got to watch Rick Sanders, uh, Jimmy Carr, um, Chris Taylor. Got all those guys autographed when I was a kid. And, and so watching those guys, and Myron Roderick was, was the head coach uh, before Chesbro got the job in 1970, 71. And uh, so I, we'd go down there and we'd watch him and I got to meet him and, and uh, went to a couple camps from from Myron Roderick, and so he was another one that that was that influenced me. And I got to watch his teams and watch the way he coached. And I was just a student, man. I I was a sponge. I would I would I would watch the great guys wrestle, but I would also watch the coaches. And I would watch how he inter how he interacted with the with the wrestlers, and you know how he motivated them, how he talked to them, whether they won or lost, how he handled them coming off the mat. And so I just I just clue I just kind of keyed in on that, right? And so I learned a lot from him, from Irene Roderick. And then, of course, Tommy Chesbro was my college coach, and he took over for uh, Myron Roderick and uh, won a national title in 1971.
as a team. And uh, so I got to watch that team. And so watching him and then he, of course, ended up wrestling for him in, in college. And then him and then uh, Stan, Stan Abel was at OU and uh, uh, Mickey Martin was there before him. And so just watching those teams um, compete. And, and so those guys are all influences of mine. And then, uh, of course, you know, watching Gable as he came up through and won a gold medal and then went on into coaching. And so watching him grow. And I remember being um, – and I was a senior. I was a senior in high school, and I went to the national tournament. And I ran in, ran into Gable, and I was. They really wasn't recruiting me, right? And uh, but I was, you know, recruited by just about everyone. So I saw Gable, and he and he came up, and he and he saw me. Hey, he said, "You're you're Kenny Monday, right?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, um, "I said, how, how you doing, coach?" And he goes, uh, well, "Have you ever have you ever thought about wrestling for for University of Iowa? We'd love to have you." I said, "Coach, um, man, no disrespect. I love you, a big fan, but." I want to wrestle against you guys. <laughs> I want to wrestle against Iowa, right? Because like, growing up in Oklahoma, we would go to Iowa and we had dual meets as a kid. And I wrestled Barry Davis one time. When I was in eighth grade, I wrestled Barry Davis, you know, dual meet. Oh, in the tournament, in the tournament. And um, I didn't even know who he was, but he was just a tough, tough, tough match, man. And, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't find out who he was until, of course, I knew him later. We're teammates later. But I was going through my dad's closet one time and I found an old bracket. And, and looking through the bracket, and it was Emmitsburg, Iowa, eighth grade, 99 pounds, and I beat I had Barry Davis in my bracket. I beat him 9-0, and I'm going to say, man, that was Barry Davis? I knew that kid, and he was a, he was tough, maybe earned every point. I pinned the kid in the finals, but he was the, he was the guy, right? Yeah. And so that was after the Olympics, after the Olympics. And so uh, so next time I, I said, I can't wait to see Barry. So next time I saw him, I go, Barry. I was going through my dad's closet and I pulled out this bracket and there you go, yeah, Monday, you kicked my butt, you kicked my butt. He probably remembered. That. No, he remembered. <laughs> he did. He remembered. He Because re he said, yeah, you you kicked my butt. And uh, he never forgot it. I didn't know who he was. And, uh, but yeah, I knew he was a tough kid. <laughs> that's, that's right. No, we, we tend to remember the ones we lost a little bit better. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. all those great influences. Now, how did, how did they get you ready? Because obviously we talk a lot about mindset. How did they get you ready mentally? And there's, of course, many different things. How to get you um, prepared right before the match, what you should be telling yourself. Managing your emotions throughout the course of the tournament. Uh, believing in yourself and, and the adversity, dealing with adversity when it, when it comes your way. How did those right. coaches influence you mentally? Well, yeah, and I, I think um... – you know, I never really had a, I never had a problem with confidence. Like I said earlier, never, never, never had a problem believing in, in myself. Uh, of course, the times that I, I would lose matches, you know, they, they'd pick me up and say, you know, and just technically this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. Keep your head up and, um, and help me in that, in that regard. I remember my freshman year in, in college and um, I was seated fourth going to the, I had a pretty good, I never registered, had a pretty good, pretty good year going to the national tournament. I think I'd only lost. I lost to Mesker with a champion that year. I lost to Mesker twice because he was at OU. I lost to um, Zaleski at Iowa. I lost to uh, Brown from Iowa State. I think I had maybe four losses, four or five, four or five losses going to the national tournament. It's fourth. And um, I made it. It was in the quarterfinals. And I lost in the quarterfinals a match crazy, match 12-11. And uh, – Came back and uh, lost my lost the next round, and I'm out of the tournament. 
And so I had never, I couldn't remember the last time I'd been out of a tournament. Maybe my first year of wrestling had I been out, beat out of, beat out of a tournament. And so I didn't know how it felt. It was, it was like the weirdest feeling. I had never felt that. And I'm like, I was like, after, after that match, I'm like, I went up to Chesbro and I'm like, man, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I couldn't even really say it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. He, he goes, got a chuckle. He goes, yeah. Yeah, you're out. You're 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 you're, you're out, and uh, that's it. So, so just go eat and relax, and but you you'll, you'll you'll win it next year. You'll come back and win it next year. So keep your head up, you know. So he just kind of kept my head up, and he got after me that summer though. We got we went to work that summer, and he really got after me and not let me have a, an off summer. So he really got after me, and he really wasn't a freestyle coach. as well wasn't a freestyle coach, but um, but he got after me that next summer and he got me ready. And of course, I was in the finals the next three years. Nice, nice. Talk, talk about rivalries. And of course, you think you and Nate Carr, you and Dave Schultz, how does that help you elevate to the next level? Um, what is the, what's, what's it like dealing with a rival in front of you that you, know, you back and forth with and everything and just the mental approach towards it and also how it makes you better? Yeah, it, I think, you know, I've had rivals since the time I, I started wrestling. And I, way back when, when I was in, 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 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, my first rival rival was a kid by the name of Luke Gilpin. And Luke was just just a fantastic little wrestler. He was like a little child prodigy. He had won Tulsa, you know, a couple times. And and uh, so he was just mopping everyone up, you know, wiping everybody out. And, of course, first time I roused him, he, you know, beat, first couple times I roused him, he beat me, beat me pretty good. And so he was a target. He was a target. And so he's the one that got me up in the morning, you know, when I went to I'd go run before school. You know, I do my push-ups at night. And so rivals, you know, rivals make, if you really want to get better, they make you better, right? And so, yeah, even back, that, I, that was my first rival. And, and I finally got to the point where I could beat him. And I was dominating him. But it took a while. And it took that extra work. It took that ex, extra focus. So right then, that taught me, that taught me about rival. It taught me um, how, to, how to prepare, how to believe, how to, how to get the work done. And so I had that pretty much that, – that was my first introduction to, to rivals. But then I think Nate Carr was probably my next rival, and, he, and Nate took me to another level. Yeah. Nate, he took me to another level. And because he was such a tough competitor, he was, when I first wrestled Nate, he was the defending champ. He won the, the year before. When I was a freshman at 42, he won at 150. So the next year I bumped up – I went up to 50. And um, – and so the first time I wrestled him was in a dual meet, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and I beat him. And he beat the defending champ, right? And then so, you know, of course, Nate was, you know, walking around like, dude, you, you know, you, you can have that one, I'm going to get you the next one, right? And so and Nate was always a big talker, you know? And uh, then I beat him in the big eight. And then uh, so I had two wins, though. So going to the national tournament, I was seated first in the, in the national tournament going in. And then Nate beat me in double overtime in, in the finals. And uh, then we went again, kind of in the same scenario the, the following year. But, you know, Nate was such a tough competitor. And, and again, I had to focus, man. I had to focus. I, had, I couldn't make mistakes. And so it really took me to another level uh, as far as uh, living right. Uh, you know, of course, doing the work, getting the work done, um, studying, you know, being, 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 just being, a, a better person as far as my lifestyle. You know, getting, getting, getting the rest, making sure that, that uh, I got my, 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 
my my business done before uh, for wrestling. You know, getting get, getting the work done. And so it was just about focusing and, and just really believing in yourself. And um, and so that was that was Nate took me to another. Nate made me better. We made each other better. And we we sit out, we talk about it all the time. But uh, yeah, so then the last time I wrestled Nate was in 1987 World Team Trials, and uh, he had beat me in the, in the in the U.S. Open in the last second shot, last second match, uh, last second move. Did I beat him? That was the last time we wrestled. I beat him five zero and eight one, and that was the last time I wrestled him. Then, so after that, we we were talking, and of course Dave was the number one guy, and he Dave beat me in the 87 World Team Trials. And then so after the tournament, I'm like, Nate, man, you should go down. And you should go down to 149. And then because I'm making this team, I'm making this Olympic. This is an 87, 88 next year, right? I said, Nate, you should go down, and we can both make the team, and we can train together. And they said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, right? And then, so I said, all right, think about it. So a couple of weeks later, he called me and said, all right, buddy, I'm going down. And uh, so he went down to 149. And uh, so, so then I was a 63 because Mesker was the number one guy at 149. And Dave was the number one guy at 63. And they were both fox catcher, me and Dave, I mean, me and Nate were sun kids. So then Nate came to Stillwater. We trained together. And, uh, and so, man, our matches were, were nothing compared to our workouts. <laughs> People really? thought, man, you, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I mean, because then there's no pressure. You know, you just train. There's no pressure. You know, you're not living and dying on every, every takedown. And so, oh my goodness! And so we we would go from one end of the room to the other room. And Nate was the fastest guy I've ever competed against. The fastest, fast switch, explosive, and um, and he had so much, so much. And I I could see Jimmy Carr, his brother. Jimmy would get under you and toss you in a minute. Man, this guy had some of the best hips ever. And uh, and Nate was kind of he was kind of the closest car to, to Jimmy, and as far as that was concerned, right? And so. Um, but man, we had some some incredible workouts. It was just fantastic. He made me better, you know. He made me better. He made me. He prepared me for for the Olympic Games. That's for sure. We each other for sure. You know. And then of course, Dave was. Um, Dave and I wrestled fourteen times. Wow. And, um, yeah, he beat me the first three, and then I beat him in eighty-seven World Team Trials. It was two out of three. He beat me the first one. I beat him the second one. He beat me the third one to make the team in eighty-seven. And then after the 87, I beat him, I beat him 10 straight matches. And, um, but Dave, I still have anxiety behind Dave. <laughs> I still, I still, I mean, Dave was the kind of guy I had to get, I had, I had, I had to focus so hard to, to, to overcome uh, just, you know, everything that he had. And he had so many weapons. And uh, so just to focus and watch him wrestle and watch him compete and then get inside his mind was just, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't know I was capable of getting there until I got there. You know, I mean, this guy was, uh, you could, he, you could say Dave's name in like in 87 before the Olympic trials in 87, you could say his name and I'd break out in a sweat, you know? So he, uh, he, he really, he made me great, man. He really made me dig deep and go to places I never thought that I could as far as just my training, my mindset, um, my focus, um, just, I mean, I can't even explain the nights that I had preparing for Dave Schultz. So he, he took me to another level. Awesome. Now, Coach, how do you balance focusing on what you're going to do versus not getting too cons- –
being aware of their tools, mm -hmm. but not getting overly preoccupied with that. We see a lot of athletes struggle with that when they have a rival. It becomes maybe a little thinking, a little too much about them and less about us. Right. How do you balance that? Yeah, and, and that's just the thing. I knew, I knew that, because I, I, I would try to emulate Dave in, in certain positions, of course, you know, when I'm training, I'm like trying to do some of the things he, that he did. Kind of and so, but I understood, I understood that if, if I could, if I could master myself, if I could, if I could do the things that I do well for the whole match, and I get tired, then then I could then I'd have a chance to beat him. I think I could beat him, you know, because I had some good tools, and I just I believed in myself again. But but if I could if I could do what I did well better than what he does, then I'd come out on top. And so that was my focus. Just I just focused on the things I do well. I just mastered them. You know, my shots. You know, my my positioning, uh, my underhooks, uh, not getting turned. You know, you know, Dave was just a master on top, man. He he had a lace that was just, you know, phenomenal. And so just getting better in those positions, spending the time uh, in those positions, um, you know, made me better. But I knew that I had to I had to get great at what I did. So I couldn't focus so much on what he did. I, only, only, and I did just to be able to stop it because I had to stop what he, his technique. Uh, but, man, I hit Dave with – Singles, doubles, firemans, I threw them. I mean, so all of those things I had to, I had to master in, it in order to, uh, to execute on it. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably see with your athletes, also your sons, or maybe at different points in their career, where, you know, dealing with what they're focusing on before the match and during right. the match, making sure it's the right things as opposed to the wrong things. Can you talk about that a little bit where maybe some athletes get hung up on the wrong thing? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's, that's individual. You know, I think everybody's different. Everybody handles pressure a little different. You know, um, my, my, my message is, is, to, is to do the work, prepare yourself, you know, because if you're not prepared, you're not going to give yourself the best opportunity. If you're, if you're not prepared, then doubt is going to set in. You're going to start doubting yourself. And if you're not, if you can't, uh, if you, if you if you get tired, then you're not gonna be able to execute. You know, if you get tired, I can't. I technique doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you, what you you know, single double. That that doesn't matter if you're getting tired, right? So first and foremost, you got to be in shape enough to execute your technique, you know, throughout the match. Uh, but then after that, it's just about doing your best. It's about preparing yourself, going out there, believing in your abilities, you know, believing in in, in who you are. And, and just doing your best, man. Do, you know, don't beat yourself. Don't get caught up in the pressure of it. Don't get caught up in what people think. You know, you go out there and be yourself and, and do your best. I'm going to be proud. You're going to be proud of yourself. And, and you won't have any, have any regrets, you know. So it's just about it's – it's really what I focus on with them is just, it's just belief, believing in yourself and, and that confidence that, that, that you can beat anybody that you step on the mat with. Anybody you step on the mat with, you can be, you can win, you know, but you got to prepare yourself mentally and physically. And mentally is just about um, knowing who you are, knowing, knowing your, you know, the things that you do well. And it goes back to doing what you do well better than your opponent, right? So focus on what you do well, 
don't try to be someone else. Focus on what you do well and uh, and get after it, man. Just give it, you know, give give it your all, give it your best. Don't leave anything on the mat. Yeah, I guess what what gets a lot of athletes to the to the next level is they're focusing on their improvement areas, their weaknesses, right. if you want to call it that. So they have to be very honest with themselves. I right. gotta get better in these areas, but at the same right. time, they, they tend to then focus too much on that right. as opposed to what you're saying. What do you do well? Right. That's right. That's right. You're right. And um, you know, it's 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 tough, man. It's a tough sport. You know, <laughs> it really is a tough sport. You know, and I've played all the sports, and it's just it's, it's really a tough grind. But um, you know, of course, injuries come into play, and all those things come into play. And sometimes you you you, can, you can't control those things. And so it's really about controlling what you can control, and um, and, and and not beating yourself. You know, not not thinking somebody. You know, I mean, I mean Kennedy for a prime example. You know, he's going to the tournament this year, and he's got uh, Chinzo's second match uh, at NCAA. And the bracket come out, and so he was ready, man. He was prepared. He was he was really mentally prepared uh, for that match. You know, and so. You know, it kind of breaks my heart not to, to see it come to fruition because he was he was prepared for it, man. He was really ready to, to knock him off. You know, everybody thought that you know, of course, you're waiting to see him. You know, him and uh, the Iowa kid Russell, but 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 Kennedy was ready mentally for that for that match. You know, so um, it's just about believing in yourself. It goes back from the first again from the time I started wrestling, and 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 I, that I never changed. I never change in my approach as far as my belief system. And if you got a system of, of belief, right, if something goes wrong, it's, it's layers of your belief system, right? And so it comes back to you know, what you did, you know, the week before, what you did a month before. You know, how did you set yourself up, you know, to, 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 for that success? And, um, and so a belief system is something that, that, that you kind of ingrain in them. And then when something goes wrong, you don't panic. You know, you know that you can you can overcome <clears throat> you can overcome obstacles. You can overcome getting taken down in the second in the first period. You can overcome getting off getting off your back and come back and win the match, right? But that's your belief system. It's not giving up. You know, still believing that you can uh, you can come out on top. You know, so that rock solid foundation. That's that's, that's right. what you're saying there, which is which is big, and that also stems with having that perspective. That yes, I love wrestling. Of course, I want to succeed. But it's not everything. It doesn't complete. It doesn't completely define me. There's there's life out there. There's other things that are going on too. That's big. What um? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you you mentioned that you played multiple sports. What would your opinion be about that for athletes now? Should they be playing multiple sports? And up until up until what age should they start really specializing? What are your thoughts with that? You know, I played I played through high school. I didn't play my senior year. You know, and I was a free safety and it had a had a great, fantastic scene. I played football, man, since you know, since I was in the I think the second, third grade, right? So all my every year I played and uh, and loved the sport, loved the game. Probably my second greatest love uh, other than wrestling. And I think the only reason I love wrestling more is because it's an individual sport. And I can control my wins and losses. You know, I can I can control my 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 my, my my tears and my, and my smiles, so yeah. to speak. And so, uh, but no, I, I played, and the only reason I didn't play my, my dad taught me out of playing my senior year. And I kind of, I still want that year back. <laughs> but you now I think once you, once you get out of high school, then it's, it's kind of hard to, 
to, to be in college and do multiple sports, of course, yeah. is very difficult, you know, especially academics and, that, and those things. But I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, 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 you know, imperative that guys specialize in one sport. I mean, wrestling has changed now than it, it was when I was growing up. Now you've got guys that, you know, club, club programs are, or I think in my opinion, and I, I think it's revolutionized the sport of wrestling. Because, yeah. you know, because guys now, guys can run a, a business, uh, have a club and run a business and, 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 and succeed and do well. You know, I ran a club for 10 years in Texas. Uh, and Monaco, I kind of got some cues from him. And then, but that was kind of before it took off. You know, the guys were doing it for, uh, a, a, you know, a, a livelihood. And because uh, wrestling has always been different. I, and I always wondered as a kid, and I would see a karate school on every, on every corner, man. It was always a karate school. Of course, I grew up in the Bruce Lee era and everybody was doing karate. And, uh, but I never understood why wrestling couldn't follow that model. And I remember talking to Cheswell, my college coach, and he said, Money, what do you want to do after college? And I said, man, I, I think I want to run a, a, a wrestling school kind of like the karate school. And he's like, ah, you know, that's a good idea, but I just don't think it works. You know, people aren't paying for wrestling. People aren't paying to send their kid, you know, to, to get wrestling lessons. And it just wasn't. It just wasn't the norm. You know, people, it was just like taboo almost. And, um, but I always thought that that was a, a, a possibility. And I thought it would be a viable a business that people can do. And, and now you're seeing it. You're seeing it today. Um, you know, but I, I think playing all other sports, I think, you know, wrestling is such a demanding sport. I think, you know, you got to have great agility, great strength. And so all those sports just kind of gives you uh, the ability to, to build your body uh, and, and build and build that competition. You know, competition is great, man. And, and you know, I've always been competitive. I'll, I'll compete in anything from ping pong to the pool to basketball. And I never played basketball because it was always in a season of wrestling. But I always played sandlot basketball. I was on a, I was always on a playground playing again because we had a lot of great athletes, man. And from I had Tisdale, Wayman Tisdale grew up in my, and I went to high school with Wayman Tisdale. We played basketball. John Starks grew up with him, you know. So I, a lot of great athletes come out of Tulsa. Oh know? wow! So, but I was legit. Yeah, great, I was out, great athletes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm always playing basketball on the, on the playground, right? And so love the love the sport, love the sport, but. Um, no, I think guys can spread themselves around, and I think wrestling, you can still be successful um, uh, doing other sports. Because yeah, I just think a lot of parents and kids have the misconception, like in even like sixth, seventh grade, they say, uh, hey, if they don't start specializing now, forget it. They're not going to come into college, high school competitive. High school. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, but you see it, though. You see the, yeah. development, the development of these kids now, man, growing up. You know, when I was running a club, of course – that was back when, you know, of course, David Taylor was, I remember he was, you know, little bitty kid and I was talking to his dad and, and uh, we talk about, I was running the club and I'd see him at Tulsa Nationals and, and um, we talk about you know, managing his, his kid. And I'd had a couple of meetings with him and as far as, you know, how, how to manage a superstar and that kind of thing. And uh, so we'd had those discussions, uh, but he was specializing. He was, he was doing straight wrestling. He was going here, there, workout parties here, workouts here, and training camps here. And so, you know, I, I grew up with, with watching all those guys do that. And, and, and had some training camps for him. And I was in camps with, with Lance Palmer and, and those guys. And so, um, and so you, you see that today. You see guys specializing and you see a better kid coming up. 
But I still, you know, I think it's kind of hard to play basketball and wrestle, but football is always a great sport. You can always kind of do both sports. I think wrestling, I love the, I love the idea if wrestling can get away from basketball a little bit. You know, maybe like in, if we can start wrestling season in January, uh, I think it would be great. Kind of get out and get away from basketball a little bit so we can maybe be able to do both sports. But no, I, uh, I love all sports, man. I really do. And I think it's, um, I think it helps those kids learn the value back to being a great teammate. That's because sometimes in, in the sport of wrestling, especially growing up, because you you're, you're on teams, but it's more individual now than it was when I was growing up. When I grew up, I had a full-on elementary team, and we did dual meets twice a week before the weekend tournament. And so it was more of a team atmosphere. Now you get a kid, and you can just go to tournaments. You can just you can train with your team, but you're still going to tournaments as individuals, you know. So you don't have – you really don't have that team concept. And, um, and so it's really it's really different for, for you know, the young, young kids going up now. But I think uh, the value of being a great teammate, man, is, is – those guys missed that if they're just doing wrestling. Man. That's that's a very important point because life is about being a great teammate, right? If oh, absolutely. Business, absolutely. family. If you're not a great absolutely. teammate, forget it. Absolutely. I think you can go back and, and talk to anybody that's been on my team. And I'm not you know, patting myself on the back, but if go back and talk to anybody that's ever wrestled with me from the time I started. They would tell you that I put a lot of value in being te a great teammate. A lot of value. I learned it early, and it just it was it was always a big part of it. You know, like I said, we my high school we won four state titles, uh, and in college we we, were, we lost to Iowa. We were second behind Iowa twice, and uh, you know we had an opportunity when my senior year really we really had a best opportunity to, to win my senior year. John Smith he he, he kind of had the same story I did. John was seated fourth my senior year, as if he was a true freshman, seated fourth in the national tournament, got beat first round. That kid lost the next round. He's out. He didn't score a point, point for us my senior year in, 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 uh, in, in college. So he kind of cost us the national title. But uh, he made up for it later. But, but no, <laughs> just um, – no, I just, just always had a lot of value in being great teammates and, and being there. I mean, I would get up early in the morning. I would stay late at night. Um, and anything I would do to, to, to help my teammate be successful because I didn't want to just win. I wanted everybody around me to win. I wanted I wanted my circle to win, and I and I, I I'm like that today. Yeah, I'm like that today. You know, you hear the hear the guys that's in UNC's room and, and we're training Jordan Oliver and everybody's in our circle. I want those guys to win. I want those guys to be successful because it just makes the make the sport funner. You know, it makes what we do much more fun, and um, but it goes a long way. I mean, guys never forget it. That's such an important point, Coach. And I, I think in wrestling, we don't hit on that enough. I don't hit on that enough. I guess maybe a lot of wrestlers think if we're, if we're thinking about the team, we're not thinking about ourselves, and, and I can't control them, and, you know, I just got to do my thing, right? So and a, Yeah, and a lot of times, man, it, that takes really – it takes the pressure off of you. You know, it really does. I mean, I try to get that across my, my kids, you know. I'm like, look, if you're, if you're spending time helping your teammates, you know, and you're trying to get in ready, and you know you're you're taking you're taking kind of the pressure off of yourself, right? And then so it's it's really not more it's just, it's about your team, and it, it kind of takes a little bit of that pressure off, you know. So because you're really you're really into what he's doing, you're really into what he's doing, and you, you you're watching him too, right? So if he's wrestling, 
you're you're and I would always watch my teammates. And so when they came out, if, if there was something that, that they wasn't doing, then I'm like, man, this is what I see. I mean, I remember training with John, getting ready for make the make the make the eighty-eight team. When I went back to Oklahoma State in eighty seven, you know, if there was something that he was doing that I saw that he could do better. That I saw that it was an area he was getting stuck. I'm like, man, this is what I see. I remember him training for Randy Lewis, you know, I'm like, man, this is something what I see. And I watched him develop that low single. I'm like, man, you got to stay below these guys' knees, you know. And so we, I watched him develop, and if there was something I saw, then I'm like, I'm pouring into him. And if it was something he saw, he was pouring into me, right? And so that's that's something that that you got to, you know, really focus on trying to be a better teammate. And yeah. like you said, it, it goes, it stays with you for the rest of your life. You know, whatever you're doing, it stays with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you said, it's 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 being a good person. It's developing that virtue for for later in life and just in the, you know just as you're a student, a teammate, all of that. It's more fun. Yeah. And also, and also, as you said, instead of our vision being so tunneled right here, I got to do this. I got to do right. that. It's me, right. me, me. The pressure right. really mounts if you're thinking about everyone. Okay, right. I'm one link in the chain. You're able to be a little bit more free. That's right. That's right. And you, that. and you, if you watch, if you study the great teams. And you see that, you see that, that, um, that inside that, 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 that locker room, you see that. You look at the, and that's what Penn State, you know, that's why those guys are so good. You look at, you know, the Iowa's, that's what Oklahoma State, you know, you study the great teams and you see the characteristics of that team, they're great teammates. Because you see, you see those guys pulling for each other. You see them like when those guys are wrestling, they're not in the back, you know, doing their own thing or they're not, over here on their phone, I mean, they're into that match and they're pulling for their guy. And the guy wins. They're like, yeah, they're, they're giving it, they're giving it to him, right? And so that that is a sign of a great team. And you and you can see it. You know, it's not it's not a secret. You see it, man. And the great coaches, great coaches, make sure that that guys understand that. That's great. That's great. Last question. Then Instagram's going to wind up cutting us off because it's an hour, but it feels like it just flew by. <laughs> the the, right. the approach mentally from one Olympics to the next? Was there a difference or basically the same thing? Oh, I would, I would say the approach is probably a little different. You know, I think, um, you know, once you go through the Olympic Games and you get that experience, you kind of know what to expect, right? And then once, you, once you're on the circuit, you kind of know who's out there. You know, no one's really creeping up on you. You kind of know who's out there. Um, and so really nothing, nothing really changed. You know, I think era that I grew up, I came in was, was, you know, Schultz and Baumgartner and uh, Kevin Jackson and, and uh, Chris Campbell, um, the guys that, that wanted to be legends, guys that wanted to be, they didn't want to just win, you know, one title. Those guys wanted to win multiple titles. You know, John wanted to win multiple titles. And so being, being in that era around some of the greatest wrestlers ever, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it made you better, but it made you approach the the, the competition with uh, with a bigger vision. My my vision was was you know at the end of the day, I think the question that I wanted to ask myself was was and, I, and I, that was the question that I wanted answered was how good could I be? And once I knew that I was getting getting good and getting to a level, I want I wanted to know how good I could be. I wanted that answer that, that question answered right, and so I wasn't going to stop that I got my got my answer to that. Right. But I wanted to be a legend. At the end of the day, I wanted to be in the conversation 
of one of the best ever, right? And the guys that I were around, you know, that's that 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 was their their focus. That was their vision. You know, they they wanted to win for a long time. You know, and, and uh, set themselves apart. And so um, I was blessed to be around some of the best some of the best coaches in the world, some of the best wrestlers in the world, and blessed to 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 have competed against some of the best wrestlers ever. You know, from from Varyev, Fedzayev, um, Tsaitev. Um, Schultz, Carr, uh, Kevin Jackson, Melvin Douglas, Chris. I mean, I've been around and wrestled with some of the best people ever. Been around Gable. Gable was in the room. He never really coached me. He was on a, I think he was head coach in, in one, um, one team. I think our, our, our World Cup team one year. And uh, so being around him, being around Bobby Douglas, uh, one of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, Chris Chesbro, Jose. Um, so I've, I've been around some of the best ever and got to wrestle some of the best ever. And, uh, and so it's really been a you know, fulfilling career. That's awesome. Coach, thank you so much for all the great insights. I'm going to have to go through it. I want to take notes in my notebook. I hope yep. our listeners do. Thank you yep. again for everything. Send me any links where you want me to send yep. people for your team, for anything social media website will kick people your way. Thank you. Coach Buxton, how you doing, man? He's Coach Buxton is saying hi, and uh, he's a great coach. We love competing against him, and now we're coaching together, and uh, he's a great coach, man. He's always been awesome. a guy that uh, it's kicking us off. Job. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.